Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hello, I'm Stephen Perkins and this is Doucepoir, the Eurovision podcast from the Binge Watch team that celebrates everything wonderful about the greatest music contest in the world. I'm positively giddy this week because Eurovision week is finally upon us and we've got even more exciting content than usual coming your way. But first, a quick reminder that you can and perhaps should follow us on Twitter at bingewatch underscore pod, even though it's a bit of a hell site these days, because producer Liam and I are very nice people and we're always happy to chat Eurovision, so do get in touch with us if that's something you'd like to do. This is likely going to be our final news roundup for the time being, because this time next week, Eurovision 2023 will officially be over. It's a horrible thought, isn't it? So let's take a quick look at our final set of headlines. Rehearsals are well underway at this point in Liverpool, and we've been able to see some sneaky peeks of what this year's acts have got in store for us. And, as usual, the internet is rife with early judgments. It's important not to get too hung up on what's happening at this stage, because they are still rehearsals after all, and everyone is still getting a feel for what works and what doesn't work in the space. But what would a Eurovision community be without that little bit of feverish speculation? I'm not going to weigh in too much, but I will say the most exciting piece of news from the rehearsals for me has been that the staging for the UK's entry this year looks awesome and really, really fun. The team have come up with something great and memorable for May Muller, and I think it's going to work really well. Meanwhile, in Liverpool, it turns out that the accommodation situation has taken the inevitable turn, with the news that there are actually still rooms available after all. As is often the way at Eurovision, the room rates skyrocketed when the host city was announced, but it appears that not all hostelries have been able to sell the rooms for the rates they wanted. So, if you did still fancy a trip to Liverpool for Eurovision week after all, you might still be able to grab, well, not a bargain exactly, but you can probably get a nice hotel room without having to take a mortgage after all, so that's not too bad. And finally, Ukraine's first Eurovision winner, Bruslana, will be performing in this year's Grand Final in a specially pre-recorded performance from Kiev. That means all three of Ukraine's Eurovision winners will be represented this year, as Jamala and Kalish Orchestra will both be performing in Liverpool on the night. One of the great things about Eurovision season finally being here is that this is the time of year when people who've participated in the contest in the past very kindly make themselves available to chat to people like me about their experiences. And I was absolutely thrilled to have the chance to talk to Tina Carroll, the singer, TV presenter and philanthropist who represented Ukraine in 2006 with Show Me Your Love, finishing seventh in the grand final in Athens. Now, 17 years later, Tina is coming back to Eurovision to participate in this year's flag parade in the Grand Final, alongside a host of other Ukrainian Eurovision icons. And we caught up with Tina a couple of weeks ago to find out what it's like to be returning to the contest this year in Liverpool. I remember my time in 2006. It was so far. <laughs> and this is, was the beginning of my career. I was very young and very emotional. I was afraid, but now today I grow up like artist. I became a, a mom of a wonderful boy who studied in UK. Yeah, in a derby. Yeah, yeah, fine. And uh, now I'm from the singer. I not I'm not a change. I'm just grew up like a cultural diplomat. And today we um, protect our freedom, protect our country on our cultural front. Mm -hmm. So I'm so excited to be again on a stage of revision. I thank you and so grateful to BBC and UK that you're not just hosting, you cover all the all expenses. Thank you for that. I really appreciate and thank you so much once more. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's obviously we're, we're, we're really excited that we're hosting Eurovision in the UK this year, but, but we know that it's we're hosting it on behalf of Ukraine, and it's very much it's it's Ukraine's show, and we're, and we're doing it 
for you. I mean, what, what, what's been the mood with, with people in, in Ukraine about Eurovision this year and, and the way the competition's shaking out? Yeah, yeah, everybody very excited because, you know, this is such a great moment, a moment of joy when uh, Kalush win. This is everybody, uh, doesn't matter where, on front line or in houses, everybody was excited. And this is the huge support from the world, from the Eurovision, from the uh, fans of Eurovision. And this is, you know, this is a part of resistance of all of us, because I think the Eurovision this year, this is a march of freedom. Mm. All together, we are just sharing a love. All together now today, we're standing shoulder by shoulder and sharing art, music, uh, and uh, sharing something that will lift emotions higher, give a joy, and of course, give a hope to Ukrainians mm -hmm. because they understand that they have a friend. For example, I think that uk host this eurovision for us this is means a lot this is like the hugest our friend one of the hugest our friend who not afraid fight with us on the informational front this is our resistance part of the our resistance and i'm on a stage try to influence my country in uh, to the rest of the world so this how we defend our country in different and defender of freedom, for example, defender of future, democracy, democracy to future for the next generations. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that's what the presenters this year have been saying, that it is such a great opportunity to really take a stand and to show the unity of, you know, not just the UK and Ukraine, but, but everyone taking part in Eurovision and that we're all behind you and that we get to kind of give you this platform, even if you can't host it in Ukraine this year. Yeah, yeah. This is what sad news, of course, but for the safety reason, this is absolutely normal. And once again, UK the best. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, what was it like for you getting, getting the call to, to come and be part of this year's ceremony in, in, in the flag parade? Yeah, I'm the part of uh, flag parade. I, I will perform and, during the uh, flag parade. And for me, this is um, very emotional and... Uh, uh, UK dancers will be with me on a stage. UK team prepare all these amazing uh, screens, designer and light designer. And I will bring with me from Ukraine. Now I'm in Kiev. I'm calling you from Kiev. Yeah, uh, I will bring a beautiful dress from our Ukrainian designer. Uh, he's very famous. He works with a lot of singers and groups. Yeah, musicians with a lot of musicians. So his name is Ivan Frolov, and he will uh, dressing the representative from UK, and I will be in his dress. So he's like part of couture. Yeah, this is Ukrainian couture, and I'm so proud about that. So we are, you know, we are on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, you'll, you'll be joined by some other Ukrainian artists. I think uh, they've confirmed that uh, Goe will be taking part, and Jamala, Berkus and Duchko. And what, what would it be like to be, be working alongside all of them? Uh, every everybody will sing all of all these ama amazing artists will sing uh, the, a song, the song which they represent uh, Ukraine on uh, Eurovision, and I will represent my song in a different version. This is will be the song that I sing in 2006. Can you imagine how far that, how far <laughs> that 
<laughs> that is. It was two, 2016, like 18 years ago. Come on, no way. <laughs> I can't believe, yeah. I, 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 this is, was a, just one a remark. This is, was my beginning of the career. So <laughs> this is not about the question about the age, yeah. <laughs> And so then to, to go back to then to, to your time at Eurovision in, in 2006, I mean, that that was a point when Ukraine was still very new at the competition, weren't they? I think you were only about the, the fourth person to represent your country. So, so what was that like? Oh, that was a huge press media bomb. Everybody talking about that. Everybody um, was, uh, you know, waiting something special. And it was a big pressure on me because I was a young, just start and okay, I, I, I do my best, but, but same way, I'm just, I'm just start my career. Yeah, I was very excited and uh, nervous course because how many views to 160 million people watching Eurovision yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and this is was a crazy moment of joy and um, you know I try myself like I'm strong or not <laughs> just explore myself too not just you know, my emotions everything I was just looking back at it and thinking that, I mean, you had, I think, one of the toughest jobs on the night because you were on straight after Lordy as well, which is probably the slot that no one wanted to be in. But then you you came on and did this incredible performance that was so, so memorable and the song was so catchy. What, what did it feel like being on stage in that moment? It was a moment of uh, this is, you know, this is a dream because my mission was always to give the people a joy. It's a very simple dream, maybe, but uh, this very hard always inspired the people, be part of the inspired, uh, be always for them like a person who they want to follow that person and never, never step back. This is very important, never step back, because this is how you grow up with your fans. They look at you, if you are uh, not strong, they like, come on. Our star is not strong. What we can do? Yeah. So I'm inspired them every day. And this is hard work to be an A-list artist uh, during the long, long, long way, career way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I grew up and I'm happy that that start was very strong. I totally understand that all nation waiting from me something very, something very uh, professional, something very um, uh, brave and uh, that give me the energy for the whole my career yes and, and you said that of course this was this was the start of your career but what was it like for you after eurovision i mean with, with all of the doors that it opened for you i mean did, did it feel like it was a, a really great way to, to get started in the music business yeah this is a great start but after that you have to work this is Everything will come to you and success and love and fans and and you can feel that you important yeah for the people uh, but always when you work after that I'm really understand so next step this is just move on. <laughs> <laughs> And so, I mean, you've achieved so many incredible things since Eurovision. I mean, what what are the the moments in your career that you're you're most proud of? Oh, I'm most proud of my son. You know, I have a lot of um, 
awards and uh, like uh, uh, in the Wikipedia, I have something about like most awarded woman in Ukraine, like <laughs> like that. But <laughs> I just was okay, surprised and okay. But my my the biggest award and and the competition <laughs> competition too. Yeah, because this is uh, when your son grow up. This is a competition for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mm, to be, yeah, you know, a mom, this is competition every day. And I'm so proud of that. He studied in England, actually, and I know that his school will watching on me and he will like, you know, he will carry the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, mom, please be the best because all school will talking about, I want to, I want to come like a hero. <laughs> Don't <be> stop. <laughs> We often hear from, from people who've taken part in Eurovision that it's not just kind of a one-year thing, that it is this thing that stays with you, that, that, that the fans of Eurovision just keep embracing you year upon year upon year. Is that is that something that you've really felt in the course of your career? Yes. Uh, you know, the most uh, interesting thing is that this is a traditions. Yeah, always in May, everybody wow, watching this broadcast. So everybody like uh, make a, a party uh, at home or whatever in cafe uh, came together and watching that broadcast and waiting, you know, when the people waiting and like uh, sometimes they make a, um, how, how you call this when uh i decide maybe that will win mm -hmm. so i will put on a table like um yeah i don't know how many so the people how you call this so you have like a scorecard like with yeah scorecard yeah. yes of course voting by sms but in company we have always like a scorecard and uh, we wait waiting for that and this is just for fun and this is a huge traditions that bring a joy Sh show me uh Another traditions that music tradition that bring a joy every day, every year in the Europe. Mm -mm, I didn't know that any music festival doesn't matter contents, whatever, that bring a lot of joy like Eurovision. Mm -hmm. And so you'll be in Liverpool uh, in a few weeks' time for the flag. Parade. Yes. And yes, you... I hope to see you. <laughs> and you've, you've been there a few times before, haven't you? Is it, is it somewhere you enjoy visiting? I was in Liverpool. I have a performance um, during the football, uh, the football match. Yeah, I sing the national anthem. And actually, I was in uh, um, in London uh, with a mother's march uh, to support um, Ukrainians, and uh, that march brought a lot of a lot of thousands of people and from ukraine of course refugees and the uk citizens i'm very thankful for that yes so liverpool uh, see you soon <laughs> <laughs> and have you been um looking at some of the songs in this year's contest or are you waiting to watch on the night and be surprised of course, I know Ukrainian song, and I'm very uh, the Forchi. They represent Ukraine, and I'm uh, yeah, will say I'm fan of them, and I wish them good luck. And uh, this year, I was surprised with the song from UK. Very commercial, very catchy, very beautiful music video. My congratulations. I I wish really a, a good place, success, maybe win. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you. We're hoping so too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rose of fingers. <laughs> and so, um, what's what's next for you after after um, after Eurovision? What 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 else have you got coming up? Uh, no, today I'm working on my music release, new song. It's called Honey, uh, and uh, it uh, will be, uh, we'll say, on live 28th of April. So all eyes, my my all wishes, yeah. This is uh, that song that can be very very successful. And this is a part of my resistance because this is part of my cultural diplomat. That song uh bilingual so two languages uh, in one song ukrainian and english and you can listen you can see and understand how beautiful ukrainian music i'm so proud of that work so i'm now i'm working on that and then i have some preparation for eurovision and yeah and i will be in liverpool what an incredible woman so grateful that Tina gave up some of her very, very precious time to talk to us. And it was really fascinating to speak to her about her experiences, both in the contest and beyond. And I can't wait to see what she's got in store for us on Saturday. Now, this is the point where I would normally encourage you to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And it's even more important this week because we've got lots of bonus content coming your way. We will have reaction episodes coming after both the semi-finals and the final, where I will be joined by some of my wonderful colleagues from the Binge Watchverse, and a chat with the one and only Nikki French also coming later this week, so make sure you're subscribed to catch all the latest updates. We will be back with you on Wednesday to chat about everything that happened in semi-final one. So until then, good night Europe, and good morning Australia. Yeah.